Hello, friends and strangers. Welcome back to Wisdom Weavers. And this is a very beautiful conversation with a very beautiful woman, a very multi-talented and just beautiful soul and sister that I'm so lucky to have crossed paths with, having done some birth work in Spain together. And Lika is an expert, or what is an expert? Lika knows a lot about Mayan astrology, and she has a beautiful connection to the Mayan culture and the Mayan elders and the Mayan midwives. And she's really using her passion to respectfully bridge a connection where connections are needed. So we'll dive into Mayan astrology, which everybody knows about because of the 2012 end of the world, apparently which was just the end of a larger cycle within the Mayan calendar. We talk about Mayan astrology, Lika's connection to it, her story around it, and how that's led her to working with the Mayan elders in Guatemala. So, without further ado, Lika currently lives her life in Guatemala. She is a bridge to the Mayan cosmology and works closely with the local midwives. In 2017, she immersed herself in the Mayan traditions while writing her thesis for her MSc in medical anthropology. After documenting the stories of many elders and midwives, the synchronicities led her to open her own path as a womb and birth worker. The Mayan calendar wisdom helped her come home to her essence and the natural cycles of life, an ancestral science to tap into the divine timing and sacred geometry of all of life. Lika is now part of the Mayan Midwife Project whose vision is to help preserve and revive Maya midwifery traditions while respectfully bridging modern-day midwifery practices in the upcoming Empowerment Through Education program for local Mayan midwives. So all the links to the Mayan Midwife Project, their GoFundMe page, and also Lika's website. If anybody is interested in her offerings, she has many offerings. Those will all be in the show notes. So, good morning or good evening, wherever you are, and I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Here we are. So, Lika, I'm so happy to speak to you today. It's been a long time coming. I think this podcast was due at some point. And um, yeah, we're talking about Mayan astrology, my, the Mayan cosmovision and your connection to all that, your connection to all that with birth work and with all your projects that you have in Guatemala as I'm speaking to you and you're in Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. So however you wish to tell if you could just let us know your story of what led you here into this work how I got into this yeah 
Hi, everyone. And first of all, thank you, Felicia, so much for creating this space and the opportunity for us to come together and to share, hopefully. Um, yeah, hopefully people are moved in some ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll begin with the beginning. <laughs> um, I have a background in, in global health and in medical anthropology and sociology. So after I did my first long time travels in Latin America, I decided to pick up my studies again and studied medical anthropology and sociology, but really with the intention to connect with indigenous wisdom and to help preserve and make a bridge from the indigenous wisdom to modern day life. Um, and then I felt really drawn to the Mayan culture. I started having dreams about the Mayan pyramids a lot. And um, so I decided to, to do my thesis, my, my field work for three months here at Lake Atitlan in Guatemala about the transmission of the Mayan healing traditions. So how the traditions are being preserved, how, how people get into this, how, how does this path unfold and how can we preserve this wisdom? To me, it felt quite random. At that point, I just had such a deep interest in it. Um, and so when I arrived to Lake Atitlan, I arrived in February, this was in 2017. Um, and I arrived during a very special period. It was the Wayet, which is a five-day period. It's called time out of time. It's a bit of an in-between phase energetically, um, which is a period of introspection in the Mayan calendar. It's the, it's the five-day period that the energies of the Mayan calendar, which, are, which we'll share more about in a little bit, are are having a break, having a rest. Mm. So it's a time for ceremony, for renewal, but actually more than anything for introspection. Um, and that time I got to be at a lot of mind ceremonies, meet many elders, um, started really my journey of, of deeply connecting with the mind cosmovision. And at the same time, I was taking a course, a mind abdominal massage course with a traditional midwife and my friend Mariu. Um, but more from the perspective of, okay, I'm doing a research, I have to participate, I have to get to know what this is about without any intention ever to start working with it myself. Um, and that was my first connection with the Mayan Cosmovision and with the midwives, um, which had a big influence on me. I think it, I can easily say that I started to come home to myself and started to get in touch with the feeling, even though I came from a rational mind, from a university background to understand, I easily got that it's a journey from the head to the heart that the Mayan wisdom helped me to make, um, to come home to our essence. Mm -hmm. Yes, so that is, that is the first bit. <laughs> okay. Um, so, but how did you start learning about Mayan astrology then? Was it through this midwife that you were doing the abdominal massage with? 
Um, it was through the ceremonies, because in a way, Mayan astrology is what it's called, but it isn't really about astrology. It's about cosmology. It's a way of, of connecting with the cosmos, with the universe. It's not connected with the stars and with the planets. Um, uh, the Mayan cosmovision, it's um, connected with, it measures the energy of each day. So there's been Mayan elders who've been observing and observing and creating and establishing a deep connection with the energies of creation and found a way to put that into a form, into a calendar system. Um, but really it's just the energy that are that are around us. It's not particularly connected to the stars. Right. And when you started teaching me about this and also our mutual friend who is also my astrologer, she was actually the first one to introduce all this to me and my background with astrology in terms of the solar system. Very different. I mean, it's not even, I'm sure there's overlap somewhere and overlaps with the tarot and overlaps with a lot of different esoteric systems. But I was like, oh, this really isn't about the stars. This is about the day. What is today? Um, could you just maybe, with you don't have to explain everything, but sort of give us an idea of what Mayan astrology is? Because like, for example, with our solar system, that astrology up in the stars is like 12 zodiac signs, 12 houses, and just a little bit about that system so that people have a bit of a picture. Absolutely. So the Mayan calendar... It is based around a 260-day cycle, so nine months, which is a gestation period. Mm. That is one, one full cycle, one year cycle, so to say. Um, and then is the question, when did that year start? What is the start of the, of the calendar, right? Because it's a cyclical calendar, and it's actually very connected with the lunar cycles, with the feminine cycles, with the cycles of nature. Um, it consists of 20 different day energies, which are called Nawalis. And the Nawalis are sometimes called by the mind spiritual guides as the spirits of the day um, or energies of the day. It's really the way, how do you connect with it? But in the end, everything is energy. So let's, let's call it energy of the day. And they combine with 13 different numbers which makes 260 years in one cycle. And when one cycle ends, another one starts again. The bigger cycles are also 52-year cycles. And then when that grows bigger, even like thousands of years of cycles, that was when it was uh, 2012, a big right. cycle in the calendar ended, but a new one started. And those those transitions also, also come with a lot of change um, and a lot of environmental change, changes that are necessary for human evolution. Right. And it's very interesting. Um, it's a math, it's really a math on itself. Um, when you map out the cycles of the calendar and add the concepts of linear time to it, you basically get the Fibonacci spiral. Mm. and the Fibonacci spiral is seen everywhere in nature so it's the shell formed spiral it's the p ratio so it's it's science 
Mm-hmm. And when we allow ourselves to, to follow that spiral, to follow that rhythm of nature, of creation, um, we allow ourselves to spiral with those rhythms to be in alignment with ourselves and the cycles of nature. So it's basically connects us with the original timeline, with the original development of, of life. Mm -hmm. And these particular cycles, like these 52 year and then bigger year cycles, do they almost have a Nawalian number attached to them? Like a 10,000 year cycle could be five emotion or something like that. Does it have that connection? I am quite sure. Yes. For example, this year, this 260 day cycle, we are in the year of 10 Kjech, the deer. Um, and I'm sure that this also uh, goes counts for the bigger cycles. I'm, that makes me very curious right now what what cycle, what 52 year cycle we are in right now. Right, because I feel this the because everybody all they know is Mayan calendar 2012. It ended end of the world. Like I think, I mean at least that 2012 thing sort of brought the idea of the Mayan calendar to the front of the collective's mind even if it's just in a silly way so like people know there is something to the Mayan calendar um but I do find that it like in these small overlaps there is that overlap of transitioning into the age of Aquarius which is a 2100 mm, 2150 year cycle give or take um so yeah but yeah so could you maybe So it moves in like 13 days and each day has a different archetype and then it goes again from one through 13. What, for example, what is today? Yeah, today we are four cut and number four, it is all about laying the foundations of our physical experience. So it's, it's very connected with the four directions, with the, with the four directions of the east, the north, the west, and the south. And um, in a way, Mayan cosmology, it's, it's, it's much more than the elders really work with the energy almost in a shamanic way. Um, and so that's also connected with number four to bring the physical into form. It also has to do with breaking breaking the physical patterns and the structures that are not serving freedom uh-huh that's the number it's really four. about reconstructing exactly and then the nawal of today it's cut which is the energy of the spider and the spider web it has to do with weaving with um bringing people bringing ideas organizing really like a spider who's weaving a web and who's weaving a foundation through that and through that, you create beautiful experiences. And at the same time, sometimes when the web becomes too full, we need to untangle ourselves because we come to become too interconnected energetically with everything around us and we lose our individuality. Mm, beautiful. And yeah. But I always look at it in combination with the Tresena, with the 13-day cycle we are in. And we actually started... Four days ago with one emosh a new year cycle in the calendar even though the opinions around this change from elder to elder there is a lot of um 
a lot of elders who practice the calendar, the start of the calendar with one emotion, which is the birth of a new dream, birth of a new cycle. Mm. And Lika, I think maybe your microphone keeps, it sounds like something's banging on it sometimes, or something on the floor. It sounds like something on the floor is rolling. It's very there is, loud. Um, there is fireworks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so we're just being celebrated right now. <laughs> Welcome to Guatemala. These things go off That's all awesome. the time. Everyone's celebrating for caught. Yeah. That's it, it, right? okay (laughs) well that's okay that can be included in everything no it's okay I just wanted to make sure it wasn't something on your end well um yeah and how do you personally work with the energy on a personal level Mm -hmm. so in the I think I need to go back a little bit in the way I learned from this um so first yeah. of all, I started learning just from the ceremonies being at the Mayan ceremonies so in a Mayan sacred fire ceremonies there is only the Mayan spiritual guides who have gone through their initiation journey um, who are allowed to host Mayan fire ceremonies because it's very energetical and it's it's a portal that is actually through a specific sequence and a science opening to the Mayan dimension so to say mm-hmm um so in these ceremonies they call upon through the fire which is their communication um vehicle so to say they call upon all the different energies of the mayan calendar so they call upon the 260s 260 energies through the fire so i think that is where i started learning and i started learning through the feeling how the fire responds how my body responds to the senses in the body because we are made of these same energies. So there is a resonance within our energy body, within our physical body. Every Nawal, every energy is connected and responsible for the creation of a particular organ or a particular part in our body, the nervous system, for example. Um, so that was how I started learning from the elders. Then I started um, simply being aware of what is the energy of the day, reading about it. But I'm not so much a person who learns through reading. I learned through my own experience. So I started asking the energies of the day, okay, show me what you're about. Mm. And that was when really magical things started happening and synchronicities started to pop up. So that was very beautiful. And at some point also through the dreams, the Nawalis would present themselves through the dreams, through certain archetypes, because it's really um, the energies they represent archetypes. And this is also how traditionally how the elders would learn. You know, you can't just learn on a mental level. It's really about embodiment and what they share, what they teach is how to receive the guidance yourself. So that is what it's about and where I was really receiving the downloads through the dreams for a while and through life and just from getting to know people and getting to know the archetypes that these people represent through their Nawal. And just being curious and open and not too serious about it either. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's really beautiful to hear that. I think it's really important that when we're learning these deeper systems that it's something to dive into much deeper than just this 
theoretical intellectual mind because obviously I was just asking you questions which were a little bit like oh what does this mean and that mean just to give people a basic idea but I know you and I know your connection to um, these Nawalis and these numbers and these the, the energies of the day <clears throat> you've taught me a lot our other mutual friend has taught me a lot I'm probably I don't know a lot but I did see when I started noticing I did notice the energies of that day I did notice, for example, like the day was 13 toch for me. And we went to like a fire ceremony and toch for anyone who knows is like the, the fire, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And there was like a big fire ceremony that night, the day I asked to see. And I just think that's in ceremony with the number 13. Just, um, yeah, just really yeah. beautiful that this is this interactive energy and almost they're like these sentient archetypes. I mean, I believe that with the Zodiac as well, but there's these, they're intelligences. That's Absolutely. my feeling. Absolutely. And sometimes just to get to know on a, on, a, on a mind level, what the energies are about is enough for us to start to open and to see the synchronicities that are happening when we are actually tuning in and we're actually aware of the energies um and that is how they represent themselves that is how the mind cosmovision really works it's just we allow ourselves to sink in with with nature and nature is is sacred geometry so we step into the field actively to activate the sacred geometry and the, the divine orchestration of our lives yeah yeah even if we're not a if, even if we're not consciously doing something we don't need to manipulate anything we don't need to actively do it's just a certain awareness that we can connect with right and also just going back to this idea of the mayan calendar and actually i don't know i am not well versed in the mayan culture it's not the first one that comes to me but i know how connected you are and some other friends of ours um but it is very feminine the culture feels like it has this feminine frequency with, you know, even just their calendar being a gestation period for a human, a nine month calendar and you yeah. time moving cyclically. And I'm, um, yeah, well, feminine in, in the sense of, of receptive and uh, right. connected with the cycles of nature, I would say, yes. Absolutely. And connected to the dreams as well absolutely what what is this um if you could also go th because i remember seeing some sort of pattern with the uh, the 20 nawalis the 20 or archetypes i guess you could kind of say in english but the nawalis the 20 nawalis they i remember you teaching me something about how they move in a specific order that is like birth from emosh which is the yeah could you talk about that that um pattern that order that it sort of goes in yes i will i will do my best to i don't know if i can move through all the different energies but for example oh yeah you don't have to but just the way that it moves yeah yeah because that is very interesting and um for example we start i actually was wondering when i was learning and at some point i felt really guided to also start writing about it and i asked my inner guidance and 
the guidance around it's like okay what is then the actual actual start of the cycle and what i received was it's everything that was once created was first a dream so to me that was okay then one emotion it is the start of the calendar which we started a few days ago so oh, yeah. it's really like the the seed that is planted the dream seed that is planted but more than that it is a consciousness a new consciousness that is being birthed so it takes a nine months for this seed this dream seed this idea this concept this awareness to to develop itself to grow like a baby I felt it once very physically in my own womb on a one emotion day that there was it felt like a light being activated in my womb and then I realized okay this is the energy of emotion so emotion to me is also very connected with the feminine it's the water it's the womb um, through which we give birth and then for example today with four cuts you could say that this first dream seed is starting to be woven into the physical and within the body cut is, is connected also with the womb and with the weavings of the of the networks that start to form together I'm i literally have... see like the cells multiplying and like things I, yeah and i yes. yeah go ahead and look at what you were going to look at and then for example um yeah, there is all these different energies that then add on, you know, there's a particular sequence that they move into, it's the sacred geometry. Uh, for example, tomorrow, or tomorrow we are five Khan, which is connected to the serpent energy, to the life force energy. So today we're forming the network for the life force energy to run through, to activate, to bring the fire. Um, and so all these Nawalis are also connected to to certain parts of the gestation period they all have their responsibility and at the end the very end of the cycle yeah which we just finished a few days ago we were in the tresena of, of the 13-day cycle of the of canil and canil it's about it's about the the blossoming so that last 13-day cycle is all about the blossoming of that which we have sprouted, that which we have planted at the very beginning, the awareness, the dream. So we ended with that tresena with to allow the energies to blossom, to be full, to be growing. And with 13 Ahpu, which is the, the birth of the sun, the birth of the divine, which mm -hmm. is the energy of bringing the essence out of everyone and of everything. Mm -hmm. And it's technically everyone's Mayan birthday to them on that day, right? Yes. When you look at the combi combination, this is another level in a way. Yeah. Uh, but it's very interesting that came through Dream as well. They told me to look at my personal sign and combine it with the energy of the day to find out your mission of the day. Um. So it's like, okay, if we are five, if we are, for example, four cut today, and my Nawal is 10 A, how do I relate with four cuts? What is my way to move with that energy? Mm. Amazing. Yes. So Lika, we'll move into birth, unless you want to speak a little bit more about the Mayan cosmos. So 
obviously we know it well not obviously to everyone listening but obviously to us too we know each other through <laughs> birth work and i'm honestly just so i don't even want to say the word proud i'm really inspired and in awe by the work that you're doing weaving in this interest not even interest this soul passion soul connection to the mayan cosmovision the mayan people and if you could speak to where you're at now and what kind of work you're doing with the Mayan people and the Mayan culture. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Felicia. You're welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I felt it was time for me after having spent a beautiful year at Dara Luz with you in the south of Spain, a birth worker community. I felt it was time for me to reconnect with with the roots of where I came from, I can almost say my spiritual roots, um, my soul roots. And that was bringing me back to the Mayan people. This was where my path started with, with midwifery and birth. And so I came back to Guatemala and soon I realized the reason why I came back was um, my friend with who I did the first training in the Mayan abdominal massage. She has been living here in Guatemala for over 10 years and has been collaborating and working with traditional midwives for that whole period. And so when I came back and I, I ran into her, I knew the reason why I came back was because of the midwives. Um, I would have visions, I would hear them speaking to me like, yes, you're coming back, we're going to teach you things. Um, I just didn't know how it would unfold. So welcome, <laughs> welcome to Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want some. Um, so yeah, I came back and found out that she started with a, pro a project called the Midwife Project Guatemala. It's basically has the vision to preserve, revalue, um, Mayan midwifery and bring them together with modern day professional midwifery practice to really bring the best of both worlds together the roots of the the traditions together with the ancestral with the modern day midwifery to create the future path that we're walking because also the modernization has has arrived to Guatemala and there is a lot of the local women are already giving birth in the hospitals. Not that it's a bad thing, but they're moving away from their roots and are not necessarily having a good experience in the hospitals. There is a lot of discrimination. There is a lot of maltreatment, um, misdiagnose, misdiagnosis, all the things that to a certain extent we also see everywhere around the world happening. So we've been uh, bringing together the local midwives around Lake Atitlan from around this area to, for the first time actually in history, to have them collaborate, to have them share their wisdom amongst each other in a safe space, to talk about the, the different ways to work in midwifery, for example, what do you do when bleeding happens? Um, as well covering the ancestral mm. practices as working with the herbs as well as the modern day interventions we 
we could do in case uh, something is needed. So to come back a bit, the Midwife Project Guatemala, what we started, what I started collaborating with, with my friend Mariu, is um, really to preserve the ancestral wisdom. There is partly oral history collection because most of the practices and the ways the midwives have been learning is always either through dreams, either through observation of their grandmothers or simply life asking them to become a midwife. So they're born with the gifts. It's a spiritual, it's a spiritual calling. It's a spiritual, it's a soul path. And they cannot say no to that. If they say no to that, if they don't pick up their gifts, they start to become ill, literally. And all weird things start to happen in their lives. And the only way to heal that is to simply start working. Mm-hmm. So, but we're also, times are changing and a lot of, the history has already been lost in a certain way. A lot of the stories, the elders are simply passing away. There is not too many younger generations who want to do this work because historically seen, it's a very tough profession for the midwives here. They don't get paid for their job. Um, There is not that much respect for their work anymore, how it used to be. And um, yeah, it's just getting more and more difficult. And so there is lots of beautiful stories and lots of wisdom in their, in their traditions, because if their way to learn is through the spiritual connection, that is, comes from a certain, a certain place that for us in the Western world, sometimes we don't recognize this as a way of knowing. Mm-hmm. So some of the midwives we work with are very strong in this also our spiritual guides and have developed this science. So we're starting to document that. And then another part of the project is something we're starting very soon, uh, Empowerment Through Education Program, which is an incredible program of about six months to bring together the younger midwives together with the elder midwives to enhance knowledge exchange, to bridge both worlds, the ancestral roots with the modern day midwifery, to bring the different ways of knowing together in in this program. Because yes, we've been been evaluating their needs. Like, what is it that you really need? And they say, we need to come together. We need to get stronger. We need to share what we know because otherwise all of this knowledge is getting lost for the younger generations and the work is taken away out of their hands basically. Because is the younger generation of midwives who are Mayan, are they not learning from the elders? Or I guess they learn from themselves, but is there, what's the disconnect there? Is it just that the communities are fragmenting or? Yeah, so what I see with the younger generations, it depends very much. If they are born in a family of midwives, they would learn with their mother or with their grandmother. But I've also seen a huge gap, like a generational skip um of almost like a long time not any younger generations wanting to become a midwife so a lot of a lot of the of the younger girls who who feel the calling who feel like they're having the dreams they're having the gift of becoming a midwife and they're ready for it um a lot of them don't have the wise elders around them because they either stopped working or they are not open to teach. Some of them are not open to share or teach, which is 
something uh, has a whole other story to it and reason to it mm. but yeah a lot of the younger women we work with um, have been either studying nursery or midwifery and working more modern day set up uh, like they studied like in some sort of system or something not exactly oh, okay exactly and we also see that they have a lot to share with the elders yeah and they can help the elders and some of them don't want to learn anymore because they're so old and they're like i'm good you know but <laughs> a lot of them are open to start to continue to learn and they're like wow i've seen all the things i've seen breech birth i've seen bleeding i've seen all the things coming along in my 40 50 year practice yeah. and i wish i had some more guidance and support to know how to deal with that apart from the plant wisdom and and everything they know yeah so yeah and lika when like as all this i'm sure it's happened in a really natural way for you but have you like were they always open to you or did you bridge that connection with time because it is a really special connection I really feel like you're going to the ceremonies with them you're sometimes translating for them you've gone to births with them or almost so you know so I'm it's very interesting I it must be such an honor but yeah I'd love to hear how yeah. how they've sort of invited you into all this to be honest, I feel this is such a blessing and such an incredible gift that I've been wondering myself many times, like, who am I, you know, like to be here and to be in the presence with you while historically seen, I'm kind of the repressor, right? I'm the one who takes their wisdom away or has been misusing it or all these things, but I've never felt that from them. I have never been in a situation where I felt like I've either been treated or I've always been welcomed with open hearts and open arms. And I feel that there's also this, this understanding, this awareness that the midwives have and the Mayan people in general who are connected to their roots, to the Mayan tradition. It's all about oneness. They don't look at what is yeah. your, the color of your skin, what is... The place you're born at it doesn't mm -hmm. matter they look at your humanity they look at your heart and they also say being mayan is not in, your, in the place of birth because a lot of the people here aren't even you know mayan mayan like truly connected with with what their roots are about um because of the whole story of the of the spanish colonialization and the introduction of the religions so I've been weirdly always been this woman, this foreigner woman who comes from a complete different background and is kind of bringing that Mayan traditions back into the minds of the local people even. And I feel like I've always been received very openly because I also recognize that they're very happy to share and honored to share and to be seen by someone who is not from their culture and maybe they haven't been seen for a while in their in who they are it doesn't matter who sees them if it's it's beyond it's beyond the color of the skin it's beyond race and 
sometimes this can be triggering about the whole story of cultural appropriation, which I've always been very sensitive to as well, to you know, take something from a culture and to use it for your own practices. This has actually for me been a long, a big reason why I have been so silent for, for the first years of my path and looking for the right way to share the Mayan traditions. But it's not about that. It's about consciousness. It's about it's about sharing what we know for women, for women's health, whatever background. And yes, yeah, somehow at some point in my journey, I just kept running into local midwives and they were sharing their stories and they were sharing things that I have never been able to share with anyone. And I just felt deeply called to, to record their stories. Yeah, and you have, that, you have that soul connection, obviously, because you've been dreaming about it and you're Mayan and you're in your own way. And I'm sure they know that and just see the, the human in you. Yeah. So I imagine at some point that some midwives or maybe at some point tomorrow or in the future, some midwives from some random place are going to be listening to this podcast and I'm I don't want to be political and I don't want to be decisive I don't or, or divisive I don't think it's necessary but a lot of us in the western world have a very clear image that a midwife is somebody who's been trained in this way and has this letter by their name and does this thing and those are definitely midwives as well like nothing against that in any way but I guess in one way, I want to gently remind people that I would doubt that anyone would say that the Mayan midwives who have learned intergenerationally through observation, through dreams, and through deep, deep wisdom and experience are not midwives. They are definitely midwives, no matter the fact that there's no letter by their name, there's no accreditation or anything like that. Um, and in addition to that, you have, I would love to, maybe just for those people who will listen to this podcast or anyone else who might be interested, what is it like, like you have been able to be there in the birth space with them, or maybe not even directly in the birth space, but around it, maybe postpartum or some sort of ceremony. What, what is that like? What have you seen that you would like to share? Mm. Yeah, I've been really blessed to, since I came back actually, to be invited to pregnancy ceremonies, um, even to a birth with a foreign woman who wanted traditional midwives at her birth and me as her doula and postpartum ceremonies. For me at this point, um, it has almost become, you know, normal, <laughs> yet very special. Um, what I find that this is so incredibly important, these midwives are midwifing on all the levels. They're midwifing on the emotional level, on the spiritual level, and see how interconnected this is with the physical level of the body. So it's been a deep honor to witness pregnancy ceremonies where the women are 
working with the sacred fire in communication with the Nawalis of the energies of the day to make sure that everything goes well, to make sure that the woman uh, does her healing work, to make sure, and this even preferably they start preconceptionally. So it's a spiritual journey. It's connected with our emotional healing and that manifests through pregnancy, through the health of the pregnancy. So, and it's a very grounded way. They have established such a fine, fine system, fine-tuned way to work with the energies, to connect with the energies, to receive the guidance, to receive the messages through the sacred fire of like, for example, I was at a birth and the nanas already knew that they were not going to be there at the birth because through the sacred fire or there were certain messages coming in that told them that there is something going different than you are expecting it to go. Um, so what I feel is what is really beautiful and nourishing and lacking in many parts of modern day midwifery is the vision of we are not a we are not robots we are human beings we are spiritual we are emotional we have all these different aspects and they bring it all together and they're like midwives of the soul mm. wifing on all the different planes connecting with the baby in the other world and not making it a big deal yeah that's, it's just what that's they key. do it's, just, it's key it's essence like how can we forget that we're missing the point I feel like to me, it feels very natural. And this is also for me has been a reason why I don't think there is any way of learning is superior to, to the other way of learning or doing or midwifing. It's just knowing what are your skills, what is your, what is important to you and which are the women and the type of births that you are attracting and want to support. And then you go, then you choose your path right mm -hmm. and they can bring different ways together and i feel this is where we're moving into um an ancestral future for hopefully for the people here and for everywhere to to reconnect with our roots to reconnect with our essence our spirits and know that there is much more leading up to a birth that for example has a lot of complications and there is a whole journey that that could be done during pregnancy to support to support all of all of this um not that it's ever like a hundred percent preventative obviously right. um right and this comes back to this idea of honoring the sacredness of life and then death and rebirth and transformation, like we're really missing that in our, our life transitions, life milestones, such as the birth of yourself or the birth of a child or the death of someone. We don't, we've lost, we, the Western world have lost that sacredness and you run into a lot of problems that way, even physical ones. And it's just a little reminder. And I think a lot of us, in the West or whatever that means. People know what I mean. I don't even know if that's the right term, but a lot of us have, we're, we're understanding that that's a problem or starting to understand that that's a problem, but there's a lot of being lost and 
but I, I love this idea of the simplicity of it as well. Yeah, because it is very simple in the end. Yeah. So yeah. Lika, how is it that people, before we get into the last bit, what is it that Am I the Mayan Midwife Project? That's what it's called, right? Yes. What is it that your goals are right now? And how I'm going to link everything in the show notes so people can see um, how they can get involved if they're so inspired and how they can give. Um, but yeah, what are the goals right now? And what would you like people to see and know about? Yeah. So we're very excited to start like the first first goal for now is to to get the fundraising together for the empowerment through education program so we're planning to start in august with a group of 13 local midwives younger generations plus elders coming in to teach as well about the traditions uh, on midwifery so this is a six-month program to really bring all of this together with a selection of 13 midwives for the first round Hopefully in the future we'll, we'll continue because there's many more midwives around Lake Atitlan who are interested to join. So that is one. Um, any way that anyone feels drawn or yeah, feels inspired to connect and to support the project, first of all, any donations are welcome. I will share with you the link to our GoFundMe. Also, other ways to share is, for example, I've had sisters in the birth worker community organize workshops or events and have made the opportunity for women um, to donate for the project. So I have flyers that I can send out to you and I'm happy to even in person explain a bit more details if there's any questions um, that is also a way to share and otherwise sharing what we're about with your community is always very helpful. Yeah. So that is for now, it's the short term. The long term vision for the Midwife Project Guatemala is the realization of a, of a birthing clinic um, for community birthing center and holistic clinic for as well as the local midwives, as well as an opportunity to receive foreigners, to work with the local midwives, uh, to receive holistic um, guidance through their pregnancy and birth, integrating modern day and traditional midwifery, because that is what's really lacking here in the community is what we're seeing. There is the health, the health post, the health center, de salud health center where women can give birth, um, but the thing is, a lot of the work of the local midwives is kind of taken out of their hands in a way. Um, also, by the way, Guatemalans organized. Um, so, yeah, there's a whole story that I haven't gone into with the regards to midwifery situation in Guatemala, which is very complicated and making it challenging for the midwives to to work as they want to honor their traditions and yet be of service to the women. Mm. Um, so yes, long-term vision is the realization of a clinic where we can also, that can also serve as an education center. And we're very much looking forward to start receiving also birth workers from around the globe who feel drawn by this to support and to learn and to be in the space with the midwives 
we are looking for opportunities to create that. So anyone who is interested or drawn by this idea, know that we'll, yeah, keep keep an eye on our updates on our website, on our Instagram page, and our Facebook page to see when these opportunities are opening up, and it may be sooner than later. Great, and I'll link that, and I'm sure all the birth workers will will definitely check that out. And please, if you're not a birth worker and you're just interested in please also give that a look as well. And so Lika, I will, is there anything else you wish to talk about that we haven't come to yet? Because I will also ask you for your final bit of wisdom, but if there's something Mm -hmm. before that. Oh, no, I feel like there's so many different angles that, that, that I can go into. Um, what I do wish to share lastly is also this romantic idea of midwifery in Guatemala. Um, it's, uh, it's a bit rose-colored. It's, um, it's really not the case that all the midwives here are working according to traditions. It's really not the case that that all of the midwives have these deep spiritual rooted traditions that and practice and connection with the mind cosmovision. This is something very rare actually. And we're lucky to have a few of those elders with us in the program. So what they do, the role they serve for us in the program is to help the other midwives remember their roots because a lot of that has already the roots will never go away, but the branches have been cut, so to say. Mm-hmm. So for, for everyone to realize that as well, that it's not always as picture perfect as we imagine Mayan midwifery to be. Because yes, it has a big name in the mind in the, in the birth work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's good to remember that. And um, wow, Lika, thank you so, so, so much. I'm so excited to share this. Thank you for coming on and talking and yeah. I love you. Thank you so much, Felicia. I really, I really wish that these dream seeds that we have given for now with four cuts are finding the right people and the right connections and um they are may move the the one the hearts that need to be moved aho uh-huh.